0: and, and again, I'm only going to keep you for 17 minutes and 29 seconds. <laughs> so you turn to your neighbor and say, you'll get out on time. Come on, you won't have to wait too long in the line at uh, Saltgrass. Come on, somebody. Oh, that's a move of God right there. Um, we've been in this series called It Takes a Village, and today I wanted to, and I would prepared to, to teach you extensively, but I'll do it in an abbreviated fashion. I want to talk to you about putting the past behind you, putting the past behind you um and, and specifically i want to talk to you about the greatest way to move your life forward is through the power of forgiveness everybody say forgiveness you know we've been talking about abraham and his family and uh, you know i uh, intended on teaching out of jacob and esau these these brothers they were twins how many of you are familiar with the story of jacob and esau okay a number of you are they were twins and and at birth they they struggled You know, there was a a wrestling inside of the womb. Rebecca felt a a struggle in her womb. Those two boys represented nations. Some of you, you may be struggling in your spirit, and God has He's impregnated you with nations. There's something larger than what you can imagine that you're trying to give birth to. And Jacob and Esau, Esau was the firstborn. In fact, when he came out, then right on his heel, in fact, clutching his heel was Jacob. These were twins that they had sibling rivalry from day one, and it followed them through into adulthood. Now, the, the scripture tells us the difference between Jacob and Esau. They were different, even though they had the same parents, they had different temperaments and personalities and, and, uh, and, and desires. Um, Esau, he was an outdoorsman. He liked to hunt, he liked to fish, and he ate beef jerky. Right? Now, Jacob was a mama's boy. He liked to be in the kitchen. He wore skinny jeans. And he ate salad. I'm teasing, God bless skinny jeans. If you're wearing skinny jeans, there's no guilt or condemnation. But I've seen skinny jeans and sometimes the only thing skinny about them are the jeans. Um, (laughs) I'm teasing, please don't give me any emails. The Holy Ghost has just left the building, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. So these two boys were very different and had a, a, a different course of life. And you know, Esau was the firstborn, and so there was a certain set of rights that he had. It was called the birthright, and there's a whole lesson in the birthright that I think is powerful because he was firstborn. The right and privilege of being born first, he was going to inherit his father's estate. In fact, not just his father's estate, but he would get a double portion. He'd get a double portion because of the order in which he was born. He was first. But one day, he was so hungry from hunting, he hadn't killed anything. He came home from a hunt, and he was just starving. And here, Jacob had been in the kitchen with mama making a gumbo. Come on, that's the, the new living Cajun translation. And Esau sees this chicken and sausage and then shrimps. Come on, somebody said, look, I don't care about a birthright. What's the, what's the importance of a birthright if I'm gonna die of starvation? So sure, you can have the birthright. So Jacob had swindled Esau out of the birthright. Now, what I was gonna teach on today was how he tricked his father, Isaac, in giving him the blessing. And read that on your own out of Genesis 27. I mean, it's a, it's a powerful, uh, difficult, challenging story. And it shows you the the... the, the The power that family has, not only to love you, but to hurt you. How many know nobody can love you like your family? But nobody can hurt you like your family either. And so Esau had come in. He was seeking the blessing. Now, the blessing was different than the birthright. The blessing was something the father would pronounce over his children, and it was an indication of their destiny, the fruit of their life, and what they would walk in. And what was meant for Esau actually came to Jacob because Jacob had done it again. His very name means deceiver, deceive. And so he tricked his father. Esau comes in expecting the blessing, but Jacob had already stolen it from him. And the Bible says in Genesis 27, verse 34, when Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. He said, oh, my father, what about me? Would you bless me too? You see, Isaac had given a blessing that was irrevocable. He couldn't take it back. You know what that tells me? that the blessing that God gives to his people cannot be withdrawn. Some of you feel like you've been living under a curse or a generational curse or that sin has been in my family for years. And so my grandfather, my father, and now me, I'm doomed to live under this curse. I want to tell you, the blessing is always greater than the curse. And Isaac gives this blessing to Jacob and he says, I can't take it back. And Esau's saying, no, 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 we got to get back. We got to go back. I want to tell you this, bitterness will only send you back. It's hard to move forward when, you're, when, when your life is filled with bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. Forgiveness has the ability to move you forward. you see that? Forgiveness moves us forward. Bitterness causes us to go back. Some of you have been hurt. You've been wounded, maybe by a family member. And there's something about a, if you study the, the, the physiological implications of pain, it's not just physical, but it's emotional. The, the, the scientists tell us that there's a certain chemical that's released in the brain. When you've been hurt, you've been wounded, you've been offended, you know, you've been traumatized, your brain releases a certain chemical and it sears that memory, that experience to your mind forever. And that's why some of you don't remember what you had for lunch on Tuesday. But you can never forget what somebody did or said to you 20 years ago. Come on, are you with me? I want to talk to you about how to overcome your past, how to put the past behind you. Forgiveness is the power to move you forward. Don't let bitterness keep you in the pain of yesterday. Some of you are here today and you're allowing old hurt to bring new harm into your today. Don't allow old hurt to bring new harm into your days. I'm telling you, forgiving, you, forgiving moves you forward. Bitterness brings you back. And, and Esau was trying to go back. No, 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 let's go back. Let's try to do that over again. Let me tell you this. Forgiveness doesn't change the past. Forgiveness changes your future. Do you hear me? Now, I know we've done some shouting, and we've done some singing, and we've done some celebrating. Now, this is why we do all those things, is to empower us to do the difficult things. Forgiveness will move you forward. Bitterness will keep you back. Oh, 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 Father, won't you bless me too? Don't you have anything for me? Look at what he says in verse 40. Here's what Isaac tells Esau. And here's the, the, the main thought I want to give you today. In this one verse, it's interesting. I saw this again uh, uh, this week in study and preparation. Genesis 27, verse 40. Here's what Isaac said to Esau. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. Now, I want you to see that again. Interesting terms and and word pictures. Isaac, why would Isaac tell Esau, you will live by your sword? What does the sword represent? Struggle. It represents strife. Some of you are living by the sword right now because of an inability to release past hurts. You're struggling and you wonder why life is so difficult. Isaac said to Esau, you will live by your sword. Life is always a struggle when you can't embrace forgiveness and let things go. You'll live by your sword. There will always be contempt, rivalry between you and your brother. You'll live by your sword. You'll serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. Now, why did he use the word yoke? I, I don't know a lot about agriculture. I'm not a farmer. I like food. Everybody say God bless. The farmers. Thankful for them. A yoke is what a farmer would use to harness two animals together. Okay, now watch this. Watch where we're going here. I saw this again this week. I love it. This is great revelation. A yoke will take two independent animals, a pair of oxen, and when they are yoked together, one can't do anything without the other. Okay? They are tied, they are tethered, they are harnessed together. A yoke will bring two individuals together and they are stuck like chuck. Here's what God showed me. You are yoked to the person you cannot forgive. Think about it. You are yoked emotionally to the person. You are har- some of you are here today and you're harnessed to the hurts from your past. In fact, I talked to a guy and he'd gone through a terrible divorce and he was just eat up with bitterness. And it's like, every time I talked to him on the phone, I would call him, Hey, how you doing? And our conversations centered around his ex-wife. He kept talking about her. It's almost like, and I told him, I said, Whoa, do you hear our conversation? You talk more about her now than you did when you were married to her. You wake up and you take her to breakfast. Yeah, In the middle of the day, you guys, you have lunch together at night before you go to bed. She tucks you in bed every night. She's more a part of your life now than she ever was. Why is that? Because he was yoked to the person he could not release. It's almost like that when, when you rehearse it and when you nurse it, it's like that baby just continues to grow. And it gets bigger and it becomes a part of the family and you take it everywhere with you. You're yoked to the person that you can't forgive. But this is what he says when you decide to break free, can I tell you this? You can make a choice in all of it, you don't have to be bound. You don't have to be tethered to the individual that hurts you, the perpetrator of your pain. You don't have to live in bondage. He says, when you decide to be free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. I want you to know that God, through the help of the Holy Spirit, will give you the power to release the people that have hurt you. And it's not easy, is it? Because how many know your flesh does not want to forgive? Come on now, y'all looking all religious up in here on Sunday. I don't see any halos or angel's wings up in this place. How many of you wish that there were some days you could just be an Old Testament Christian? Right? You know what I'm talking about? You know, in the New Testament, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. How many ever read that and thought it was a typo? Oh, no, 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 no. That, I, I don't know what translation that is, but that ain't God. You know, you, you want the Old Testament, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Man, I want to bust their chops in Jesus' name. That's what your flesh wants to do. You know, so forgiveness is either totally impossible or it's totally supernatural. It's gonna to have to t- take the help of the Holy Spirit. You can decide to be free. You say, Mike, what are you talking about? Freedom. Listen, when you withhold forgiveness from somebody else, you're not punishing them. You're not hurting them. You're punishing yourself. Guess who the captive is? It's you. And you can decide to be free. Here's the way God showed it to me this week. Some of you are still doing the time for somebody else's crime. They committed the crime, but you're doing the time. You're the one that's in bondage. You you wake up to it and your whole life has been altered because of it. And you've barricaded your heart and you thought, I'll never be hurt like that again. I'll never trust anybody like that again. I'm never going to let anybody do me dirty like that again. And so you put up these walls and these walls of your protection have become the walls of your prison. And God says, "I've I've come to set the captives free. You see, forgiveness releases the prisoner. And that prisoner was not the person who hurt you. That prisoner is you, yourself. You see, forgiveness will empower you. Forgiving those that hurt you, I want you to hear this. Forgiving those that hurt you takes away their power. As long as you haven't forgiven them, they have power over you. But when you release and say, God, because forgiveness is not between you and them. Forgiveness is between you and the Lord. It's not about them now. This is about what God wants to do in you. And when you forgive those that hurt you, you take away their power. How many say, Mike, I want to be free today? Come on. I don't want to be in bondage. I don't want to be yoked to the pain of my past. Those that have hurt me and wounded me and hating the people that hurt you plays right into the devil's hands. When you hate those that hurt you, you just play right into the enemy's hands. God says, okay, it's time for some of you to make a decision. I want to be free. He says, when you decide to be free, you will shake his yoke from from your neck. Now here's what happens. And I, I want to close. I've got three minutes. Here's what happens. Esau can't get the blessing back. Isaac spoke over him. You'll live by your sword. You'll serve your brother, but there'll come a day when you want to be free and you can shake that stuff off of you. So Jacob runs for his life because Isaac is about to die. And Esau says, when my father dies, I will kill my brother and I will take my revenge. You know what bitterness is all about? Revenge. It's it's about getting somebody back. How many of you know that God's not trying to get us back? He's not not trying to pay you back for the mistakes that you've made. He's trying to bring you back. God doesn't pay people back. He brings them back. 20 years goes by. Jacob and Esau haven't seen each other for 20 years. And then in Genesis 32, and you've read this, this is a famous chapter in the Old Testament where Jacob, he goes to bed at night. It's late at night. And he finds himself wrestling with a stranger. He's fighting with this stranger. All night long wrestling and fighting. He doesn't even realize that he's wrestling with God. So finally, this angel of the Lord wrestling with Jacob, you know, Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And so the angel had to touch Jacob in his hip and pull his hip out of socket. Listen, if you've got to limp your way to forgiveness, whatever you got to do, get there. Uh, Maybe you are struggling to find that blessing. And Maybe some things have been thrown out of socket for you if you got to drag that leg behind you Whatever you got to do get to that place of forgiveness. You see there was a purpose for Jacob God was going to make Jacob Reconcile the things that he had done to others Before he could move forward. He wrestled with God all night long and then the next day He's about to meet his brother after 20 years 20 years, Esau had 20 years to think about everything Jacob had taken from him. The Bible says that Esau comes with 400 men. How many of you know that's not a delegation of peace? He's got 400 men. Jacob, what he does is he splits his family in in, in two groups because he's thinking, man, if Esau kills us, maybe half of us can escape. And so he sends an envoy of, of, in fact, three different times, he sends an envoy of gifts ahead of him. He's trying to appease the wrath and the anger of his brother that had festered for 20 years. He sends all these sheep. And, and, and then once you know, Esau is met with this delegation of, of sheep, then here comes some, some cattle. And then here comes some goats. And he's, he's trying to win his brother over, buying him back what's interesting to me is Esau looks at all of this and he says, you know what? I don't need it. He tells him in Genesis 33 verse nine, he says, my brother, I have plenty. I have plenty. You know what that tells me? Forgiveness releases the debt that other people owe you. How do you know that you've truly forgiven? When you think, wait a second, that person, they don't owe me a thing. You know what's tough about forgiveness? This is the the difficult but freeing reality of forgiveness. Forgiveness says, I I, I, I forgive you, I release you, and I I expect nothing from you, not even an apology. I don't expect anything from you. You owe me nothing. You know what gives you the power to forgive? is when you realize that your sin debt has been canceled. Aren't you glad? What is it that you love about God? Aren't you glad He doesn't hold your sins against you? What happened? Somebody had to die. Jesus had to bleed on a cross. And even as He's being nailed to the cross He looks down from Calvary at the perpetrators of this crime and He says, Father, They don't even know what they're doing. You see, some of you have been hurt and wounded, and your life has come to a standstill. But that individual who hurt you, they don't even realize it. They don't even know how traumatized you've been because of it. They don't even know what they've done. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And because Jesus canceled our sin debt on the cross... From that place, we have the power to release other people from the debt they owe us. Tell you what, many of them don't even know they owe a debt. They could never pay it back. And I want to tell you this, you're not going to receive it. It's just not going to happen. I know sometimes we say, well, I'd forgive if they just apologize. Come on now, how many ever thought that before? Well, sure, I'll forgive, but they better own up to what they did to me first. Even in a husband and a wife sometimes. Well, I'm always the first to apologize. I'm just going to wait. See how long it takes. Well, wait. Forgiveness says, I release you. I expect nothing from you. Not even an apology. Esau said, you know what, brother? I have plenty. No, no, no. You don't owe me anything. And you know what Jacob says? Jacob says, oh, to see the smile on your face. It's like seeing The face of God. He literally, he saw on Esau's face, there was a presence, there was a spirit, there was something different from their last encounter 20 years ago to now they're face to face. And he sees the smile on Esau's face and he says, to see your face, dear brother, it's like seeing the face of God. Can I tell you, forgiveness is the face of God. One day, how did Jacob know what the face of God looked like? Well, remember, he'd wrestled with God the night before. He was face to face with him. He recognized something in Esau's countenance that reminded him of what he had seen previously. I want to tell you this. You are never more like God than when you forgive. You want to be like Jesus? How many want to be like Jesus? Uh, and I'm not saying it, it's, it's easy. But if, you, if you're, you're more like God when you forgive than at any other time. And those brothers, they embraced, they they, they wept, they celebrated, and God had restored them all because of the power to forgive. You want to get over your past? I think the doorway is forgiveness. Listen, it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. It is hard to be hateful when your heart is grateful. Lord, I thank you that you've forgiven me. Lord, I've, I've committed a lot of sins. And the blood of Jesus has covered every one of them. And Lord, just as you have forgiven me, Lord, you've forgiven me of much. Lord, let me extend forgiveness to others that have hurt me. Do you receive that today? Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225 225- Seven five three two two seven three.